weekend watch list is brought to you by Feed Live and Sportsmates Mobile. There's a couple of crucial top eight blockbusters at headline round 11. The Swans and the Tigers set up a Friday night delight, while Saturday's clash between the undefeated Melbourne and Frio could go a long way to deciding whether or not the top four is set and forget or race wide open. Both Queensland teams are looking for a bounce back, one of them against Nicky G's own Hawks, while the Blues and the Pies prepare to go back into the time warp and give us an old school grudge match in the traditional time slot on a Sunday afternoon at a sunny MCG. It might look like an easy week on paper to predict, but those are often the hardest. And so with me to help decide what to keep an eye on this week is Free Live's resident AFL expert and Hawks tragic, Nick Williaminio. Nicky G, how's your week in footy been? Yeah, not too bad. I'm, I'm donning the Hawks beanie today, so it obviously means uh, we, we're on the back of a win. And um, the weeks just keep getting quicker. Round 11 um, upon us already, and I'm looking forward to it. And yeah, plenty to look forward to as well, actually. So uh, let's get stuck into it. Let's crack in with our first much-watched game. Friday night has a much-watched game. That is good news for footy mm. pundits. And just for the end of the week, end of the working week, treat yourself with some Friday night football. Sydney versus Richmond at the SCG. And the Swans, their top four stakes took a massive hit after they got defeated by Carlton last week. Their third loss in five games. Meanwhile, the Tigers slowly working their way under the radar with four on the trot. But... The Tigers haven't beaten Sydney in the SCG since 2015. And last time down there, they got pumped by 100-plus points. So you said a long time ago, Nicky G, that tipping is simple. You said, just pick the better team. And on paper this year, you would say that Sydney is the better team. Are you sticking with this, are you sticking with this project, or are you backing the informed team in Richmond? No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be backing in Sydney in this one. They are the better team still, despite uh, three losses, like you said, in the last... Is it four games? Five, four or five games? Five um, games, yeah. Yeah, but I, I think there's obviously uh, more on the line here for the Swans and for the Tigers as well. I don't think they travel that well. Even during their premiership years, I feel like the losses came when they were on the road and they... Heading to Sydney tonight without Tom Lynch, who has undoubtedly been their most important player, Gordo, uh, for the season, it has to be said. Uh, I don't think they've... I think they've played without him once this season, maybe. Um, I might need to double-check that, but it's going to be interesting to see how um, they go without their um, Lynch pin up forward. Um, Yeah, against that strong Sydney defence, it still has to be said, despite... You know, a rocky few weeks. Um, I'm backing them to win at the SCG. Uh, a lot of rain scheduled in Sydney, actually, so makes it interesting. Um, and, and yeah, I'll be interested to see how uh, Richmond will cope without um, yeah the leading goal kicker and travelling on the road for I think the second time this season. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a bit concerned about what the rain might do for the Tigers. I don't think. I don't think the rain suits the Tigers. I think it more suits Sydney, especially if you look at their games last week. Yes, they got blown out in the second quarter by Carlton, but they they fought back. And their 18 inside 50s in the last quarter was the best for the round. So they finished off hard. I think if conditions get heavy, it's a tight, wet, compact, contested SCG game. I'm backing in Sydney to to last longer in in the dogfight in the mud. For, um, and it will be that because if it does rain like it's been raining in Sydney recently, then that's going to cause some massive issues 
And then centre clearance has become more important in the last four rounds, despite Sydney's up and downs. They've been the best centre clearance team, uh, yeah, scoring three goals a game from centre clearances. So they'll get a couple of freebies there. Suits their style. So I'll be backing in Sydney. I hope it's not too wet, though, because we all love the Budweiser show. And <laughs> against Richmond, he, he turns up. 15 yeah. disposals, two score assists, and four goals, too, against the Tigers in his last five games. Yeah. So uh, he loves playing the Tigers as much as we like watching him play against us. And, uh, yeah, so things point towards Sydney, but it's always hard to tip against an informed side, and that's what Richmond is at the moment. And you know what? The dynasty haters were, were there, and now that the dynasty haters have been denied because I think this Richmond side will play finals, but I still think Sydney's a top-four side. And as we said in the Monday show, they were arguably better than, than Carlton except for on the scoreboard. So... Yes, yeah. hard to pick against the Swans. Speaking of yeah. the Blues, they're your must-watch game. Talk us through yeah. your thoughts for the Sunday afternoon rivalry between the Pies and the Blues. Uh, the traditional rivalry, um, the, it's the OG rivalry, probably the longest-standing one in the AFL. You always want to watch Collingwood versus Carlton. MCG, Saturday afternoon, um, primetime slot. Love those 320 games. Um, but... What I love about this fixture actually is both teams are coming into it with a with with some form. Obviously, Carlton winning their last four games, and then Collingwood themselves getting that big win over in Perth last week. Um, but you know, on paper, when you look at the two team sheets, there's I mean, looking at the ladder first, you think, okay, well, Carlton should be getting the win. But for me, well, Carlton have won a few close ones this year that probably just puts them ahead of Collingwood, but I think that this is a lot closer uh, than what we might expect. Um, and you can tell by the matchups. So you've got Kerno versus Moore, which is going to be a, a very intriguing battle, that one. Um, also, Weedering to go at the other end. Those Collingwood small forwards as well are uh, in form. Jack Ginevan. You know, if he gets up and about, we know he loves to uh, get under the skin of the crowd a bit. He did it last week in Perth. Um, but if he does that to Carlson supporters, we spoke about um, crowd behaviour at the start of the week. Um, yeah, it would be it would be interesting to see how um, the Carlton fans cope if he gets going. Um, and then also like Hoskin Elliott, uh, Jamie Elliott, um, uh, my check as well, and Henry kicking four goals last week. So. There's weapons in that Collingwood forward line. Uh, we know about the Carlton forward line. There's weapons there as well. Jack Martin comes back into the lineup. And even the ruck, ruck battle is a bit intriguing. Um, no number one ruckman for either side, so it's quite quite even on in that part of the ground. It's Koning versus Cameron. And then the midfield. I think both midfields have performed pretty strong this year. Obviously, Cripps, Walsh, Hewitt. Um, going up against the likes of Crisp, Adams, and Lipinski. And Lipinski is not to be underrated. 29 disposals last week in Perth. Um, he's proving a steal for, for the Pies. They found a gem in that one. Um, but yeah, on paper, there's really not much separating these two. So I think uh, this could almost be the game of the round, to be honest, Gordo. There you go. Lots of faith in the Pies. Do you have the faith in the Pies to bounce back from... A, a one-quarter domination, though. It's like we saw Carlton only needed one quarter to kill off the Swans last week. They really only need to play one or two quarters of football each game of their wins this year to just dominate for a period of time and then survive the rest of it. 
can the Pies hang on to that? Or, you know, if Carlton puts on nine goals in the second quarter again, I don't mm. see how the Pies survive that and bounce back. No, no, I, I don't I don't think so either. Obviously, you can't be conceding uh, eight, nine goals and expect to win games of footy. I know Sydney uh, managed to pull that margin back last week. They're a very good side. Um, no, I can't see Collingwood doing that. They wouldn't want to be giving themselves that sort of, you know, lead to chase down. So um, they have to be they have to be competitive in the first quarter, in the first half, and they often are, actually, the Pies. They um, compete quite strongly in the first half. They're a bit like Carlton in a way. They, they start off well, and then they maybe drop off of the, as, as the game goes on. So, um, yeah, I reckon, yeah, they, they obviously have to stop that Carlton run on, but I reckon they're capable of doing that. Um, and it's in these sorts of games, these rivalry games, where the crowd can also play a big part in that. We remember, you know, the Collingwood-Richmond games and over the last uh, few years where that MCG factor was such a uh, fortress, for, became such a fortress for, for the Tigers. But, you know, I think it went out the window when they played Collingwood and um, they're obviously, you know, capable of doing the same thing to Carlton. Um and yeah, they're, they're five and five this year. The Pies. I don't think they're, you know, as bad as what we probably thought they were. Um, and the, I mean, they're competing for t- top eight. I really wouldn't put it past them if they get the win this week. I think, uh, yeah, anything's possible. So yeah, there's a lot to play for here for the Pies. We'll be back after a quick break. Absolutely, and they had the blueprint against the Dockers last week. So they were the number one ranked team last week for pressure acts against the Dockers. That, they were usually sitting around about 13th in the competition, so they really had to focus on that. And I suppose they have to survive that post-clearance ball. Carlton's, mm-hmm. All Carlton's dominates built, built on midfield dominance, built on contested ball dominance, built on post-contest ball and grand balls. If they can survive that, even that, not get blown out in that area then they're a real, a real chance because it forces Carlton to play a different style of football. And we've seen it, shown that when they, when they have, are forced to do something different, that's when the, the cracks start to appear. But if they get that first-half dominance, if they get that centre clearance dominance, if they get that contested ball dominance, then it's going to be very tough for the Pies. But I'm, I'm, I'm very glad that you've seen an angle here that makes for a nice 50-50 game in the sun at 3.20 on a Sunday. But I'll be playing it safe and picking the Blues. Speaking of playing it safe, I'm interested to see how you tip this one because I think I can smell an ambush. Mm. So the undefeated Melbourne Demons or the Nam Demons, I think they will be for this round as well, are looking to make it 16 in a row, looking to join some proper dynasty clubs like the Lions of the early 2000s, like the late 2000s Geelong Cats. Mm. They're taking on a doctor's side. Everyone was aboard the bandwagon for about a week, and then it got wobbly. Everyone jumped off after losses to the Suns in Collingwood. But these are two of the best defensive sides in the competition. In fact, Frio 
for the whole season is actually a better defensive unit than Melbourne, who is arguably, or he's obviously the best team in the competition. It might not be a spectacle. I think it's going to be very structured, very defensive, very measured, but it will be very interesting to see how each of these teams crack each other open. Can you see an angle here for Frio? Or am I just, you know, got the purple haze covering my eyes and uh, a bit blinded in my tips here? No, look, I'm, I'm with you. You know what my stance is on Melbourne. I don't care how good of a team you are, Gordo. You are not going a season undefeated. There, a loss will come, and it will come when it's unexpected. And people will say the Dockers, uh, they they don't score enough goals to um to to even get close to Melbourne, and they certainly haven't in the last couple of weeks. But I don't think anyone is going to be able to. Um, Beat Melbourne in you know a, a goal kicking contest. If you if you go out all out attack, you know that's not the way to beat Melbourne. The way to beat Melbourne is um, nullifying them. They are the benchmark, so I don't think many teams can go into these games uh, against the reigning premiers and play their own style and hope to knock off um, you know the best midfield in the comp and one of the best forward lines in the comp. Um, you have to play defensive, and we know Frio are built from defence and. Um, yeah, they, they haven't been all that good uh, the last couple of weeks. In fact, they've um, they've been playing like they have over the last 10 years. They've kind of taken a couple of steps back, but I, I expect that to change. Um, and there's no better time to change than when you're going up against the benchmark. Everyone lifts when you play against the reigning premiers. So I am tipping the Dockers to come out firing. They want to prove a point. They want to um, maintain their top eight status at least um, – uh, going into the next few weeks. They won't want to lose three in a row, that's for sure. So, um, yeah, I expect them to make a little bit of a statement. Uh, whether they get the win or not, I don't know, but I, I think this will be a lot closer than what people expect. So, yeah, I, I think it's a good call. Yeah, and I think uh, earlier in the season we looked at how Hawthorne challenged Melbourne and Hawthorne's mm-hmm. game style is very back-half focused. That's where their strengths are. And then they rebounded aggressively from their defensive 50 to forward 50. That's a great model that Fremantle can replicate. Their best is defending, soaking in yep. that pressure inside their defensive 50. And then they look really exciting when they use them aggressive ball movement from 50, transitioning to the forward 50. And then they can try and force some one-on-ones against Melbourne and make them play a style that doesn't, doesn't suit them as much as it would want to. So you have to force Melbourne to do something different to try and win against them. And also, you look at the last two weeks... Yes, they comfortably beat West Coast, and then they came into the game against North Melbourne, and they didn't look that great. And, you know, that's fair enough. You've won 10 straight. You're playing the two bottom sides. I think there's, they're primed to be upset. They're primed to be ambushed. If they're not 100%, and we'll know by the first quarter, they've won nine out of the 10 first quarters this year. If it's looking pretty close at quarter time, then I think we have a game on our hands. However, obviously Melbourne could come out, prove us all wrong, prove the fact that they are, you know, a baby bomber's side of the early 2000s, go on a winning streak of 23 games and win the whole thing and just be that far ahead of the competition. It's not funny. But fingers crossed for the competition. Fingers are crossed for my second team, the Dockers, that they show up, they make it a game from the onset, and they keep this one close at the very least. And then a current theme for our tipping, mate, is talk <laughs> me through this Hawks game. Each week we, we bring on the Hawks and some yeah. weeks I lambasque you for being a one-eyed Hawks supporter, but then last week you proved me wrong. You proved the fact that you had a vibe, you had some angles, you had obviously had the game plan from Sam Mitchell, you went down to the presser, got the inside goss. Yeah. So you took down the Brisbane Lions, the second best team in the competition, and now you're still outsiders to the Suns. What do the Hawks mm. have to do to get some respect, mate? 
Surprisingly, Gordo, I felt more confident last week than I do this week. I don't know why, uh, but that's just the way it is when uh, you're a rebuilding side and you're going up against a team that you probably should win. So there's a little bit more pressure on the young players. But I still think uh, I'm sounding like a bit of a broken record putting Hawthorne in my upset uh, tip for the third or fourth week in a row. But... Um, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a challenging game. This and the reason being is because of Jared Witts. Uh, he's literally going up against uh, no opponents. Hawthorne have no recognised ruckman playing this week. Obviously, with uh, uh, Max Lynch, he's the unlucky one. He got concussed again last week, so he's going to miss. Uh, Reeves didn't make it back in. McAvoy's still out, so. I think Wits is going to bloody... He's going to have 60 hitouts this week. He's going to win 99% of the ruck battle. Um, so I'm putting this down to... If Hawthorne want to win, it has to be from the midfield. I know Hawthorne's scoring comes from the back half. But, you know, if we're giving Wits, you know, he's going to win most uh, ruck battles, it's fair to say. We have to compete at ground level, or Hawthorne have to compete at ground level. And they did that last week, actually, against the Lions. They um, they matched them pretty much for, you know, clearances and inside 50s and that sort of stuff. And, uh, yeah, and tackles and all that, all the main stats. But, um, yeah, if, if, if they want to, they, they, they still can't be letting um, Gold Coast, I guess, get a free free look inside 50 out of those clearances if the ruck battle is going to be that one-sided. they have Even if even if Gold Coast win the clearance, they've got to be putting pressure on that kick to give the Hawthorne defenders a chance um, out of the stoppage to you know get an intercept and then play the way Sam Mitchell wants to play. So it's all going to come down to that midfield. Um, and you know when the ball does get in the hands of those Hawthorne defenders, it is the first time ever where this uh, well-documented uh, Hawthorne defensive core, the young defensive core, are all going to play together for the, for the first time. So Day, he was he got subbed off last week, but he's avoided injury. Scrimshaw returns to the team. CJ, Impey, Granger Barras, I think he's getting better every week. Um, throw Sicily in there and Hardwick and Bramble. There is a lot of run. There is a lot of intercept markers. And Hawthorne just need to play to their strengths here, and I think they will. Mitchell will have a plan. He knows he's going into the game with no Ruckman. Um, and it's they're playing up in Darwin as well. And Gordo, you remember uh, in the lead-up to that Geelong game, Sam Mitchell had those uh, tactics that were uh, filmed in training of, uh, I think, it was a bit of grappling going on, a, a wrestling, um, sparring session, that sort of thing. Not a sparring session, but grappling and all that sort of stuff. Um well, he's done it again. He's been they've been filmed training uh, after with with footballs getting mixed in with the eskies and the ice water, uh, practicing with the slippery balls. That's going to be uh, pretty pretty um, damp up there in Darwin. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how how that helps him um, against the Suns. Yeah, and there's some good angles here too. So the Gold Coast, their worst team to play against is uh, the Hawks. They only average 65 points against them. And as you said there, yes, you're going to be up against Wits with no Ruckman really. But I think, and it's been mentioned a couple of times in the mainstream media this year, that sometimes that's a benefit. We've seen the Doggies use that, no Ruckman, therefore we know that this is how we set up our midfield structure. 
And the Hawks have been doing that. They've been sharking really well. Last four rounds, they've scored from 32% of their clearances. That's the best percentage in the league. So mm-hmm. as much as you say, yep, we're just going to dominate the ruck, that doesn't always enter into dominating the midfield battle in dominating the centre clearances. So uh, I'll be tipping the Hawks here. I think the Hawks are savagely underrated. And will I be disappointed by a young team that can flip-flop on the rebuild? Probably. But, you know, the Hawks have done enough to make them more trustworthy than the Gold Coast and mine. So I'm, I'm backing in the yellow and brown, and, and hopefully we'll be both be smiling uh, come, come Monday morning. But the other part about smiling on Monday morning is how my super coach team goes. Poorly at the moment, but hopefully you can turn it around with your essential purchase of the week. Well, I just mentioned it then. Jared Weeks, he's going to win 95% of the ruck at all. So if you don't have him, I think uh, you, have to, you have to get him in. Uh, he, he's the best ruckman this season. I think he's overtaken Max Gorn, to be quite honest with you. Um, he's going to score 200 points. <laughs> it's as simple as that. And what might help you bringing him in is the fact that Braden Proust is out for a second week in a row. In fact, he is listed as an emergency, which is very strange. Um, I think he's been wonderful for the Giants. So if you're looking for a replacement, just upgrade to Jared Witts. I think you need to have him in your team, and this will be a good week to bring him in because he's going to go big. Put the captaincy on him as well while you're at it. Um, That's what I'll be doing. So, uh, yeah, easy one this week, Gordo. There we go. 400 free points, care of Supercoach Nicky G. Time to go for our Put Your House On It picks, and we've both dived deep into the stats cave. Thanks to yeah. Champion Data for providing us the stats in for you live. And uh, this week will give us your prop and your pick. My prop this week comes from uh, Carlton and the Collingwood Games. You have to wait all the way until 3.20 on a Sunday. And we're going into the quarter by quarters. These are my favourites. You see trends, and we've been mentioning the obvious trend here is the Blues. Big first half, poor second half. But what about the Pies? You mentioned there, they come and go in games as well. Well, they're more half-by-half trends. They love the first quarter and the third quarter, but being a young side, they don't quite have the legs to run out a full half. So I'm expecting to see Carlton to be the halftime leader, Collingwood to win the third quarter, but Carlton to win the game. And if you like to have a double on that, it's paying around about $5. For my pick, however, I'm, I'm daring with Fremantle. If you... <laughs> If you want to go and you have the tip, then, you know, that's paying $5 as well. And I reckon there's a chance. There's definitely a chance, and they're definitely under-respected. They are underrated in the markets. It's going to be a lot closer than that because the line they're giving us is 28.5 points. Four goals for a team that's currently fourth on the AFL ladder against mm. the number one side. If, if there is a four-goal margin between the first and the fourth best team, we may as well just fast-forward to September and have Melbourne play Brisbane because obviously no other team can beat them. So yeah. I reckon that Fremantle keeps it safe. This is the game they need to bounce back from. Off two at the loss, they're going to bounce back. The Melbourne Demons are there for the taking after two soft wins. 28 points is a great head start, so I'll be taking that. What is your prop and pick you're putting your house on this week, Nikki G? I love that, Gordo. Um, my prop this week, I'll give you one for tonight. Jack Rewald, first goal scorer. He's been the first goal scorer in five of his last nine games against Sydney. And I think what helps him as well is the fact that Tom Lynch is out of the side. So he becomes more of a target for those Richmond midfielders. Um, so I'd be looking at him either for first goal scorer of the game or just for Richmond, either one. But um, yeah, they're pretty good odds, those. And my pick... I am going for an obvious one. 
um, Brisbane over the line. Did I did I say that correctly? Over the line? Is that the correct mm-hmm. term? Yep. 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 To cover the line, yes. Yeah, to cover the line. There you go. 34.5 points over the GWS Giants. Oh, look, it, it's it's pretty straightforward, this one. They've won 13 of their last 14 at the Gabba. Uh, they're on the rebound after that loss against the Hawks, and they are going to um, hit the Giants hard, it's fair to say. And again, there's going to be a lot of rain, I think, um, on Saturday or is it Sunday they're playing, or all weekend there's going to be rain in Brisbane. So I'm expecting a, a, a slow fest, but nonetheless, I think uh, the Lions are still capable of blowing the Giants out. So, yep, Brisbane to cover the line. That's right. For every close game this week, there's a couple of blowouts in the cards as well. So, uh, yeah, maybe a couple of games to watch on the telly or go attend in live. Uh, but if it is running cats and dogs in your state, feel free to just follow all the action from the comfort of your home on the Footy Live app. That's all we've got time for this Friday afternoon. We'll get this up and out so you can enjoy your weekend's football. And we'll be catching up with each other again to chat around the water cooler on Monday afternoon. Until then, enjoy your football.